Welcome everyone to It's Fine, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Public Schools on the AeroVision Network. I'm your host, Adam J. Foreman, and we are discussing all things fine art today, but particularly the band programs and the drama programs at Broken Arrow High School. So I want to welcome my guests today. I'll start and uh, you just tell me a little bit about yourself when I go around. We're going to start with Mr. Darren Davis, Director of Bands. Hi, Darren. Hey, how are you doing, Adam? Good, Thank you good. for having us here. Hey, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself for the readers that don't, readers, le- listeners that don't know. <laughs> well, for our listeners. Yes, listeners, all three of them. This is not my first <laughs> year at Broken Arrow. I grew up in the program, and uh, I'm serving in my 29th year nice. as a band director in the Broken Arrow School District. Very nice. Very cool. And we have Dr. Richard Dale, director of the fine arts programs here. Hi, Dr. Dale. Hey, Adam. How are you? Uh, see, listen to that. He's got that radio voice, too. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Dale. I have been an administrator of one type or another here in Broken Arrow for 21 years. Dang, that's and amazing. And I'm currently fine arts director. Fantastic. And finally, Miss Jenna Ellis. Last but certainly not least. Not least. I, I amen to that. <laughs> Speech and drama here at the high school. Tell us a little about yourself. Fantastic. Um, hi, and thanks so much for having us I'm here glad today. to have you on here today. So awesome. Yes. Uh, to highlight the fine arts. Um, hi, I'm Jana Ellis, and I am the director of theater here at Broken Arrow High School. I am in my 20th year, so it's an anniversary year for me teaching. Wow. And uh, this will be my seventh year here at the senior high and sixth being um, head of the department. Fantastic. Now, were all of you all at grade levels here your whole careers or have you done every grade level, every span of it? I've, I've taught from the sixth grade level through high school level in the, in the years that I've been here. I spent about 10 years at North Intermediate and serving at, at Haskell Middle School and worked with the pride for all the 29 years I've been here. And then gradually matriculated to the high school. So you're and the one, you're the school killer. First you shut down North, <laughs> then you shut down Haskell. Hey, you got to have goals, right, <laughs> to be the school killer. Every school that I think I've taught at, except for the high school, doesn't exist there anymore. You there you go. There that you sounds go. cool. And when I got here, Dr. Dell, you were at South Intermediate, which also, quote-unquote, doesn't exist anymore. That is true. I was a <laughs> prin- principal at South for 14 years. Oh, wow. Wow. And Jana, what grades? I started at Childers Middle School, taught there for about six years, and then I moved to South Intermediate and worked uh, with Dr. Dale there for about six years and then moved up to the senior high. So you and Darren have a special place in heaven for middle school teachers because middle school kids are fun. Word. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do this. Let's flash back one year ago and how different the world was, is, ish. Because, you know, we're still in a very different world, but in the fine arts world, which relies on audiences and and all the participation, how did you learn how to pivot in your programs? Let's start with you, Jana. Okay. Um, Well, yes. I mean, obviously, there's such a huge difference in our world, but last year, I was determined after we were sent home for spring break the year before and never returned that I, especially for my seniors' sake, but for all my students, I was determined to try to carry on as as much as possible and allowed by the district to do as close to the normal things. We normally do about four productions, and last year we did four productions. Oh, wonderful. And all four of them were live. Well, I saw other schools, kids doing whole musicals in masks, and I was like, 
Right. How, does that, how does that happen? How do you even interpret the face and the, the movement? How does that happen? Well, and we didn't for our performances. So Wonderful. how we were able to protect the kids and ourselves as we navigated through last year in live performances. Um, the students, of course, all rehearsed in masks. Um, a pivot was choosing smaller cast productions and productions where there were fewer people in each scene so not as many people were on stage together at That's the same smart. time singing, et cetera. Um, but from the first, the fall play through directing showcase to um, one act and the musical, the kids all rehearsed in mask. Um, we had chairs marked with T-shirts over the back. And so they were at least six feet apart from everybody else in every rehearsal. And um, then when it came time to perform, Uh, The crew was all in masks backstage, and the kids, just before they entered, took their masks off. And um, the audience was all separated, and the Performing Arts Center, which housed all of our productions last year, was able to trace every audience member. So they, first of all, they were separated, and whole sections were blocked off. And then uh, we had their information. So if anything was reported, they could easily call any any person, and I'm super happy to report in in four live productions, and I don't know any other theater department that did it. Knock on every piece of wood. Knock you on have. every piece yeah. of wood. What I'm about to say, there was no reported incident oh, of COVID, uh, either on stage, backstage, or in the audience. Fantastic. Well, and, and Darren, your kids can't wear a mask when they play an instrument yeah. that uses their mouth, so <laughs> you had a whole different world to pivot in. Yeah, there was nothing about last year that was ideal, right? But it's about how do you keep kids engaged and still try to keep the ball moving with with student instruction. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we we talked about being a special place for middle school teachers in heaven. (laughs) For them to start beginning students last year and them not even to be able to physically even see them every day was as much as that we did some Mm -hmm. distance learning. Yeah. um, And trying to teach beginning band through Zoom is is never ideal, but I'm so proud of what our teachers did to be able to find that way to still get that individualized instruction to the kids about here's how you form your mouth, here's how you, you know, the fingerings that you do. I mean, all the the challenges it takes to start a beginner um, are exacerbated even more through the challenges we had last year with COVID, Um, but carry that all the way through to our upper level grade students. You know, we had to we had to do what we do, which is hopefully provide great experiences for kids to perform and make mu- meaningful musical experiences. And and that was certainly challenged last year with, with COVID. So we just had to kind of reinvent ourselves a little bit. The marching band still, because we were almost we were 100% outside, it was easier for us to still do something that looked and sounded and felt similar to what we did before it just didn't involve competition and that impacted your your show too right the um, kind of show you did it did it gave us an opportunity to do some things that we probably wouldn't normally do if we were under the competitive setting so yeah we we rocked out and had some fun doing some queen music last year and, and we I'm are sure the, champions. the audience love that absolutely <laughs> hey, who doesn't have fun listening they to, love to familiarity queen? you know broken air was one of the only schools in the area that actually did a marching band show interesting well, and, and I saw a stat yesterday that we were in class 86% of the school year. Yes. But when you think about that, you think, okay, it didn't feel like it. So imagine if you were only in class 50% of the year. Like that, that little 20-something percent really took a toll on you. Well, without doing competitions, we had so, maybe one of the most talented senior classes we've ever had. And so it wasn't about 
disengaging what those seniors got to do. We wanted to find other opportunities for them. So it, it gave us the win was it got us to commu- uh, commit to being more engaged with our community. So we did some more nursing home performances that we had never done before, and how gratifying what that was to to share music with with those that may not have had that opportunity. And um, you know, with the concert bands and wind bands, it gave us an opportunity to think about you know um, small groups getting them a, the chance to rehearse and do what we call chamber ensembles. It did nothing but kind of create a, a greater sense of depth in, the, in, in what our students provided. Um, so there's some wins to take out of last year, as challenging as it was to carry into the future with, with, with this year and beyond, that you know, we learned a lot from last year and learned how to teach, I think, even better as teachers throughout the district. Well, I think it showed you guys what you're capable of, that you can – Pivot sure. at a moment, so, which let me just put a disclaimer. I can't stand the word pivot, but for some reason, that's the one that was always used <laughs> last year. Dr. Dale, how did you, how did you handle kind of the overarching of everything, not just band and drama, but choir and fine arts, everything that was affected in that manner? Well, I think last year we we did the best we could to do normal, um, but knowing that every week you couldn't count on normal being there, and you just had to take every week as it came. Um, and we came up with some interesting ideas to like videotaping and, and live streaming some concerts. Um, and so every area sort of developed their own answers. When you talk about live streaming, I think that was a huge plus for some of you to be able to do. I know sometimes there's copyright stuff, which won't allow a live stream, but when you could being able to broadcast that to how many extra thousand people that may have never set foot, in the PAC or any other organization or uh, event center, et cetera. So that, that's kind of like a, one of those happy accidents that showed up. Well, yeah, for it, me, it, anyway. it was, <laughs> we, we actually did our, uh, our getting away from band and drama for a second, but we did our visual art district art show online and we had thousands of people. Yeah. I saw that stat the other day. It was like in the, like the five digits yeah. of people that visited that. That's fantastic. Well, here we are in 2021. We're back in school for, what, two months now? Has it been two months already? Just about. So that means competition season is coming up. So, Janet, you've got some one-act stuff coming up. Tell me about that. We are smack dab in the middle of it. And um, I I do want to say, going back to last year really quick, that our videoed performance on our stage of our one-act traveled (laughs) from regionals, broke to state, and took third at state last year. Excellent. Um, Excellent. We didn't get to go, but the video did. Traveled around. <laughs> um, this year, uh, we are back to the normal uh, competition season, and we've already done uh, the first competition last weekend, uh, the Union Invitational, and we came back with a first place rating. And all four of our leads had medals around their neck for All Star Actors, and we are going to be heading to the PAC tomorrow to do some some more fine-tuning and catch-up, and then go to competition again for the OSSAA Regionals on Saturday. About how many schools participate in that? Um, gosh, from this, see, there's several schools in the Oklahoma or the Oklahoma City side of the state as well as the Tulsa side, and so our regionals are Tulsa area schools. I think there are seven at our competition, and then um, there are two other sites with seven or eight in the Oklahoma City area. So there'll be three regionals across the state happening this weekend, and just in 6A. And, of course, that's what we're in, but um, there's also plays in 5 and 4A as well. So lots of plays. Probably we will be competing with about 
21 to 25 schools. That's a good little ratio there. Yes. That's great. Do, are these all originals, or are they plays that have been written for a while? Are they any student-produced and written ones at no, all? No, it's it's part of the rules that we select a produced play. Gotcha. So Interesting. Well, and you've got competition season coming up. We're Fairly upon it. Quickly. It's yes. yeah. We we call uh, it's Bantober is is where we are right now. <laughs> There's something I've going on all heard the time. That before, Bantober, but I love that's it. Awesome. Well, you know, so from taking one year off, you think about this: one year off of a four year program means that when you go year two, that means half of your program has never been experienced in a, into a competition before. Let that sink in for a minute. Whoops. And then. <laughs> times 300 students, so that means about 150 of our 300 students have never been involved in the competition setting before. So there's a re-education going on that there is nothing taken for granted right now that we have to, as teachers, we have to um, let our students get a chance to teach each other, here's what the the competitive setting is like, and to restart that machine in motion into what competitions are. And on the surface, it looks like it's about scores and placements and trophies, but it, the education of what we believe in the pride is, is it's about performance. It's about performance experience and performance quality. And then the ratings, the, the numbers, the trophies, they're just a byproduct of, of that hard work that you work towards when, into rehearsal settings. So we use several analogies like when we go to a contest. We'll tell our students, look, it's, at the end of the day, it is a contest. We can't control what band X, Y, and Z d- does at, a, at an event, just as, as Miss Ellis can't control what the other drama programs are at the Absolutely. One Act. Right. But what we can control is us. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a medal around your neck at the end of the day. That just shows that you care. But if you have to have that medal around your neck to validate why you've been working so hard and what you've been doing, then we're probably doing it for the wrong reason. Right. So yeah. we use that analogy quite a bit just to keep things in check. And that's going to be even more important for every band across America because there was nothing last year competitively. And now we're reimmersing ourselves back into the competitive machine. And, it, and to me, it's important that we keep things in perspective, that it's about the performance, not about the rating and the, and the number. And you guys go to like invitationals, right? Is that the kind of competition around here? Invitational season has begun, and we're soon. The Bands of America does a regional uh, format of over uh, twenty events around America to different regional events. Um, we'll be going traveling to the St. Louis Super Regional, um, which is one of three super regionals that are geographically separated throughout America. Um, we travel; it's a two-day event and competition with sixty bands from I think it's fourteen or fifteen different states. So. One of the great things about that is being regional with what we see and what our kids experience, they're going to get a chance to make friendships and, and view other colleagues from around America as we move into the Bands of America season. And that finishes for us at the Grand National Championships in Indianapolis in uh, November. No, no, uh, no pressure on that, you know. <laughs> well, big, it's big lofty goals. I'll tell I you what, there are there – of 365 days a year, there's about 360 of those days a year that it is the absolute best thing in the world to, is to be the broken air director of bands. <laughs> there's about five days, it's a little stressful. And the stress is not the competition. It's all the machine and mechanics behind the scenes to make the production work. Well, and it's a very big machine with the parental involvement, student involvement, props, costumes, ex- choreography. I mean, it's it's a machine. It's a machine. It's a never-ending project. And I tell you what, you know, with with parents, they're having to re-energize the machine and the volunteer machine that we kind of lost last year. And so it's it's a great chance for us to reconnect with parents and get them re-energized. But, I mean, just quite simply, we couldn't do what we do in the fine arts without the support of parents. And when they're invested in what their young person's doing – 
um, it's a win-win. I mean, what parent doesn't want to be close right. to seeing their kid and seeing that expression on their face after they finish performing? There's no substitute for that for a parent and what they can get gain with their kid is to see that emotion and what we teach, hopefully teach in the fine arts, is to teach our, our young students to, to give back, to get, give more than they get. I'm going to go on a side note rabbit trail out of nowhere. Um, I'm, I'm a singer, and I actually never sang in public till I was 20 years old. My dad was a huge baseball guy, and he wanted me to be this amazing pitcher, which was never going to happen. I'm not an athlete. But the first time he ever saw me sing in public, he came up to me afterwards, and he said, I'm so glad you're not a baseball player. So that was just, like, <laughs> such validation of, like, yeah, see, I have other skills I can do. I don't have to throw a curveball, which he taught me to uh, – he changed my hand when I was little. I used to be left-handed. He changed me to right-handed so he can teach me how to throw a curveball. Hey, wow. that's dad. That's what it's all about, right? <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, that's Oklahoma for you. But you mentioned parents. Let's talk about parents because the sacrifices that they have to make for their kids, getting them to and from places, the money, the time. How important are parents in this whole aspect? Being being a, a former parent, I mean, I guess I'm still a parent, <laughs> but my kid's out of school. A former fine arts yeah. parent. Yeah. <laughs> um, it It is just a full-time job uh, it's it's every weekend it's every afternoon uh toting and carrying and waiting on oh yeah uh, the waiting yeah. <laughs> especially when they're that younger age dropping them off picking them up drop them off you know when they finally get that license oh get out of here go mm-hmm. go to practice i mean you have a good parent group with your kids too right i have a great parent group and it's growing and this year we're we've worked started this summer uh, working for the official booster club and so we've got some really invested parents you have an official booster club it's you're getting to we're getting to it we're we're headed to the final step and um they're so they're very energized and they're very supportive and um taking a lot that every year the parents are like hey at back to school meeting like hey i can help you, you know, and I'm like, I'm always, year after year, 20 years, I've been saying, thank you so much, and then just trying to do everything by myself, and I finally, it, it took me a minute, Sanctioned. Uh, but this year, <laughs> yes, this year, I, I'm like, you know what, let's take them up on that, yeah. and here they are again, different, different parents, but they're just as ready to be there for what their child loves yeah, to do and they're absolutely. there to not just pick them up and schlep them around but to cheer cheer for them and to cry with them when they don't get the role that they want or the solo or whatever um that never happens yeah but <laughs> we have, um I was gonna say, we have parents that that their kid is long graduated and they're still helping out absolutely. with the different programs oh, wow Wow. Darren, you had something. Yeah, I was, I was just going to tell a quick little story about we just recently uh, unveiled kind of our, our Pride show production for the year, which is is called The Edge of Eternity. Ooh, and mysterious. once you see all the Ooh. costumes and the, and the set pieces, props that we're using out on the field, so the parents have been working tirelessly to make all those things happen behind the scenes. And when it finally came together at that Saturday night um, reveal, um, you could just see here's Burly, strong men just bawling like <laughs> little babies. Yes. The yes. parents who spent tirelessly hours of sewing and, and doing the things to get our kids in a uniform and all the different divisions it takes to, to run those operations to make to, to support the program, it, it was even more worth it not only to see our reaction of our kids but to see how proud our parents were that 
their work went in to support the, these kids and be successful. It's that investment. Oh my yeah. gosh! It's, it's you know that's those are one of the best days to be the director of yeah. Broken <laughs> that's Arrow. That's not the five. That's, that's one of the days. <laughs> I mean, the giant props that he used. You can't go to Kmart and purchase them. What they is were, what is this Kmart you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> those exist yeah. still. To drive I mean, to Kentucky are, to go to one. Those are created <laughs> by a group of really talented parents. Well, and do they they, they kind of like mirror their kids because you kind of can see like the ones that are involved because their kids are, are really into it and, and loving all of it. So speaking of kids, let's talk about that for a second. Last year, you had to come up with some, you know, fresh ideas to keep them engaged during a pandemic. What, what are those, what are some of those ideas you came up with and how have they bled over into this school year? I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, there's no <laughs> doubt that... Um, the outreach we did to the community last year is something that we can't ever ignore again because without our community, we're nothing, right? Oh, and, that, and so, say that one more time. Yeah, that's a well, great catchphrase. Yeah, and and so they're the stakeholders of of our of our program, and so it's so important that we can't forget that we get so busy doing the things that are individual for us as as a group that we're not doing our best job that we can do to support athletics and to support all the other stakeholders throughout the program um, and whether it's doing a parade down Main Street or one of our Sounds of the Stadium events so that we can do that we can give back or create a, a, a canned food drive that we're going to do as we do a send-off to Grand Nationals I, I don't think we can underscore that that level of, of commitment to the community works both ways and, and, and our community has been nothing but the most supportive over we're, we're almost a hundred year old band program now when is that year? When is that celebration year going to happen? It's going to be 2029. 2029. I'll be 23 years old. I mean, <laughs> so young. That's Some of my students think that I was the band director when we were founded in 1929. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What about you? What about engagement? I, I agree 100% and, and feel the same way and have done the same things. Um, it, it started a few years back when we were invited to the Union Invitational One Act uh, competition. Part of the competition, and one thing that earns a trophy each year, is um, every each school that competes with their One Act play selects a charity. And throughout the day of watching plays, all of the audience members, the cast members and crew, um, give to the different charities. And um, starting with that year, I was like, oh, because I would pick a charity that had something, had a connection to the show. You know, one year it was uh, Blue Star Mothers, and we've gone to March of Dimes this year. And we've we've picked several different ones that kind of went along with the theme of the show that we were doing. Well, then you're teaching a dual line for those kids. Absolutely. Not only fine arts, but community giving. Absolutely. And, and that creates such uh, synergy for everybody. So, fine arts, let's talk about this for a second the future of fine arts. And here's, let me back that up real quick. So Oklahoma and Broken Arrow are pretty well known for producing some amazing fine arts talent nationally, internationally. I mean, I don't think I have to say her name, but Miss Kristen Chenoweth, I mean, she's a mega star. Started right here in 1986, well, before that, but when she graduated, what what do you think builds these future fine arts kids in our program? What What makes them be that person after graduation and beyond? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna just throw it to you, Doctor Dale. Let's see what. Let's see what you got in there. <laughs> Nothing, okay. I love putting Nothing, people on the spot. Um, it's so much fun. <laughs> I think that we continue to do some of the things that we know are really good for kids here in BA. Uh, we continue to engage. Um, fine arts just teaches so many different life skills. Uh, 
no, almost no place else are you going to learn how to do something with the excellence that it takes with what we do. I mean, how do you teach somebody to do something the very best it can be done? And, and that's, that's what we do. That's a, that's a wonderful answer because how do you do that? How did that just naturally come out of you? And how do those kids absorb that? Well, I, I hope that at the end of the day, we're teaching kids, whether it's the first day they pick up an instrument in the sixth grade or they're about to graduate, um, that we're building life skills and character skills. And it's at some level, it's about doing right over being right. And the, the one wish that I certainly have um, for, for our students and our kids is that we create a lifelong consumers of the arts, whether that means that they go to a Toby Keith concert or that they're a subscriber to the Broadway series at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center or at the Broken Air Performing Arts Center, to do something to be engaged and to still be a consumer and advocate for the arts of what they got through their, their, their training from beginning grades of school till, the, till they graduate of what it's meant to them along the way. And there's not one person not one that you will meet as a graduate that will say, can you share something about your, your music experience, your theater experience that you had in school? And they will probably have a novel to talk to you about. I was going to say, multiple stories. Absolutely. Easily. What, what about you, Ms. Um, Jana? The same. I, we, we all know, and, but it can't be said enough, I think, that the fine arts support all the other the core subjects, um, you know, specifically speaking of theater, um, no, they're not all going to be Tony and Emmy winners like our, our friend KC, but um, they, they leave our program having been challenged personally, having um, developed confidence and knowing that win, lose, or draw, it's not about that. It is about um, pursuing excellence in everything that we do and um, that the knowledge that we've done our best and can put our head to pillow each night with no regrets just beats about everything. And um, <laughs> to Darren's uh, comment about running into people, I mean, it happens all the time. I see parents of my students after a production, and they'll come up, and I see these these guys, you know, that I would never in a million years, judging a book by its cover, think they had anything to do with theater, but they're just there to support their kid. Maybe wanted him to be a, a pitcher. Um, yeah, that was me. But was then me. they then they start <laughs> talking to me and said, "Oh yes, I took theater, and I'm I was so excited when my child decided to take drama in school. It changed my life, and what they're doing as a career has nothing whatsoever to do with performing arts. But the the arts." change people's lives do you have to like excuse yourself for a minute when i do i absolutely do feeling something i I mean i understand i was a drama kid in school i was also in the band and um and i'm a singer so i i you know been involved in the arts my whole life but i i actually am yes (laughs) um but yes i know i know firsthand i i could sit down and give a novel about my teachers along the way and how they said the one thing that changed a direction for me in my life or an experience performing that changed the direction of my life. So, um, yes, I'm a a big advocate for what we do and all of us in the fine arts department. Um, And in Broken Arrow, 
we are supported to to do things. I was so grateful last year for the for the opportunity because I looked at all my contemporaries around the Tulsa and Oklahoma City area, and they weren't allowed to do what my students and I were allowed to do last year. And we were very careful and very safe, but um, we were still allowed to do it and encouraged to do it. And um, that meant everything to my students. And um, and this year we're back as 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 close to normal as, as normal possible. as you as, can be as as close to normal in a <laughs> in a department that's completely yes <laughs> not normal well we're gonna wrap up real quick we're, we're we've hit our 30 minutes because we don't want it. we could drone on for hours if we wanted to it could, it could really happen but I, one thing i noticed that's common in, in all of you and your your contemporaries is the word passion because if you don't have a passion for it then what's the point of doing it and i think you guys instill that in your kids every single day so thank, thank you, you so much to. for doing that. Thank it's fantastic. You so much for thank us. you for having us. Well, yeah. do you have any any comments, any last minute words? Because you know, now is the time. <laughs> well, now's no. the time for <laughs> everyone come back to the events that you may have not gone to last oh, year. They're going to be restarted again. Yes. Come support these these fine young artists, whether they're in their elementary schools, middle middle school, up through the high school productions, and you won't be disappointed. I promise you. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely, a, that's yeah. a great way to leave it. Well, thank you, Dr. Dale, Darren Davis, Miss Ellis, for joining us on It's Fine, the Fine Arts Podcast for Broken Arrow Schools on the Arrow Vision Network. We'll see you next time. Bye.